On the show today, Rich and I discuss our favorite fall cooking tools, and we drink a riff on an old-fashioned. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the September 18th, 2023 edition of Coffee & Koshan. So, Rich, uh, with uh, the weather starting to cool down a little bit, uh, we're cooking more, and that's always a good thing. And so we thought we would spend uh, some time this week to sort of run through some of our favorite fall cooking tools, uh, as it would be. Um, I'll kick this off. Um, I want to start with uh, three things that I think are great must-haves, sort of essentials, uh, in your kitchen. Uh, First, a damn good cutting board. It doesn't have to be a fancy cutting board. It doesn't have to be butcher block. It doesn't have to be maple. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, a family heirloom or anything. Just a good big cutting board. So one of the things I'm suggesting is a uh, a booze, a John Booze cutting board. They're they're nice. They're they're big. They're uh, heavy, so they can withstand a lot of uh, work. Um, I have two of these in my kitchen. They take up a great deal of space on the countertop, but they are incredibly versatile. You can cut with anything on these. Uh, they'll take your abuse. Um, if you just wipe them down, I, I make like a, a vinegar and water solution that I use to clean them. You can get some, um, some of this, uh, like it's called like booze block stuff. It's like this cream you put on it, uh, every few months just to make sure that it stays, uh, nice and moist. And so it'll be there for, um, ages to come, but these are, these are great. Um, these are great cutting boards. Uh, you gotta have something like this in your kitchen. I also keep, I always keep around some, um, some plastic cutting boards, uh, some thicker plastic cutting boards, but some plastic ones that uh, I'll use for um, cutting like raw chicken or or fish or something like that. And then you can just wash them in the in the dishwasher and whatever. Uh, but for cutting steaks or or veggies, if you're doing a whole bunch of veggies, you got to have a good surface to do that on. And this is your surface to do that. So um, I love these. Now with a good cutting board you definitely need uh, some good kitchen towels um, because the trick to keep your cutting board from slipping around is to get a kitchen towel, wet it, squeeze it out, throw it down on the countertop, then put the the um, the cutting board down and the wet towel will keep your cutting board from moving around, um, whether it's wood or, or plastic or what have you. So uh, included in, in our list today are some good, just essential kitchen towels. Now, these come from Food 52. You can buy your towels from anywhere. But um, I like these because they have a nice, clean look to them. They have a little hook that you can use to put them on your um, uh, either hooks for for where you keep these or like I hang them on the little knobs on the drawers and stuff. Um, And I always have a whole bunch of cooking. uh, uh, I have a bunch of kitchen towels all around my kitchen. Um, I'm always going through these. And this is a good set um, because they're uh, useful. They're sturdy. They wash up well, um, and you can use them from for everything in the kitchen. And like, if your dog comes in and, and the, the dog's feet are wet, like wipe them up with the kitchen towel, throw it in the wash, you're good to go. <laughs> um, so good kitchen towels are always handy. You use them to pick up hot stuff, use them to clean up spills, use them to wash your hands. I mean, the, I, like great kitchen towels are essential, and this is a good uh, set of those. You can get them pretty cheap. Uh, this this one, as I said, comes from Food Fifty Two. Finally. Um, we've talked before on this show about how good, um, it, it is to have good pans 
You can use a cast iron pan for a lot of things. The other thing I like to have around the kitchen is a good carbon steel pan. And the reason I like carbon steel is that you get a lot of the benefits of cast iron. Um, they heat up really well. They are nonstick uh, if you if you season them. Um, but they're a lot lighter than a, a big, thick cast iron pan. So, like, I've started cooking a lot with my daughter, who is uh, nine, nine years old. And I remember the first time I told her to grab uh, the cast iron pan out of the pantry, she's like, yeah, I, I can't carry that. <laughs> so <laughs> something like this is good because it gives you a lot of those options, uh, a, a lot of the, the benefits of cast iron. But carbon steel is a lot lighter, a lot easier to manage uh, in the kitchen. This great set from Made In is wonderful. There's a Made In store here in Austin now. Uh, there's a couple of them, actually, I think. And um, uh, stumbled upon this place, got myself a pan, and I got to tell you, it's one of my favorite things in the kitchen. Um, this is one of those things that once you get it, you'll just use it constantly um, because it is it is naturally nonstick, so you don't have to worry about um, you know weird chemicals or whatever leaching into your foods. Um, if you just take care of a pan like this, you season it once in a while. Um, you don't, you know, you know, scrub it too hard or anything. A pan like this will last you a lifetime and, uh, it's good up to 1200 degrees in the oven. And if your oven gets that hot, you have to invite me over cause we have things we need to cook in it. Uh, mine does not. Um, but this pan, um, <laughs> will, uh, last forever. I mean, these things, if you take care of them, will last forever. Um, so something like this is also something that everyone should have in their kitchen. You can you can get this great one from Made In. You can find one uh, maybe at a, at a local store uh, in your neck of the woods. But things like this are fantastic, and you got to have one of these in your kitchen. So a carbon fiber or a carbon steel pan is one of those things that I haven't added yet, and I think you've just convinced me to put that in the kitchen. And I'm with you on the heat. I, I sometimes price those outdoor pizza ovens, not because I'm trying yeah. to make a lot of pizza, but because of all the other amazing things you can do with those really high temperatures. Yes. I mean, steak in a like oven that gets that hot. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're cooking an entire like tomahawk in like yeah. five minutes. You know? <laughs> so I also have some recommendations. My first, uh, you can use in the house, uh, you can use it when grilling, but I have become a big proponent of wearing rubber gloves, uh, specifically when doing food prep. I get tired of washing my hands over and over again, for starters, because it, you know, it dries them out, especially when it gets cold in the winter. But also, you sometimes prepare things that, that show you the limits of hand washing. So for example, I was cutting up some fresh jalapenos a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. And you know, you think you've washed your hands really well and then you, you know, you either touch your eyes or you do as I did and you visit the little boys room and a couple of minutes later you realize that you did not get all that capsaicin <laughs> off your hands. <laughs> so I have these gloves that I'm recommending. Uh, you know, you can find a lot of different brands. These are some Netchtick barbecue gloves. Uh, they come with some uh, cotton liners, which increase the resistance to heat. So if you're shredding, you know, hand shredding a pork shoulder or something like that, uh, anything, I, I really like rubber gloves. Uh, you know, if you're dealing with meat, you, you know, making sausage balls, which is a recipe we've covered on the show before, you know, all that fat and stuff gets on your hands. And again, it's, it's difficult to get off and, you know, you can just peel off the rubber gloves and you're good to go. So I would recommend that people 
you know, embrace the aesthetic of cooking in a professional kitchen more just in their home kitchen because it makes things so much easier. The next thing that I I have up for us is I am a fan of shish kebabs, but it's one of those things that I don't make a ton, uh, but the traditional way, because it, it doesn't seem to ever work as well as you want it to, you know, your cherry tomatoes are falling off or your pineapple or whatever. And so my aunt gave me at one point a shish kebab basket and, you know, you can cook fish in it also, but it's, it's a, just a, a basket with, you know, a bunch of holes in it, like a mesh, ba- not mesh, but a metal basket. And you can put all your vegetables in there, season them up. You can put your meat in there also. You can, like I said, you can put a whole fish fillet in there, close it up, and you can cook that on your grill and get that same shish kebab effect where you're cooking smaller bites of food, but without having to worry with your skewers. Uh, you know, I know they do make the metal uh, ribbon that you can use uh, for shish kebab so you don't have to worry with uh, soaking skewers and things like that. But the basket is just makes things so much easier. And it's it's a great tool. And so that's why I'm recommending it. I've got to say, I really like this one, Rich, because um, you're right. The, the whole idea of doing shish kebabs is tons of fun. You're like, oh, yeah, man, I'm totally going to do that. But then the practicality of it is an absolute mess. Yeah. You know, you always end up with stuff falling into the yeah, bottom all the, of the time. Grill. You're like, oh man, I lost all the mushrooms. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and so this way it keeps it all contained. And then also, you know, people can kind of pick around if you're serving a couple of people, you know, the people who don't like mushrooms or who don't like bell pepper or whatever, they can kind of pick and choose instead of just putting a stick on their plate that has all this stuff they don't want to eat. And lastly, cleaning, you know, for everyone who cooks, uh, using a cast iron pan, for example, knows cleaning can be a, a bit of a process. Uh, also, if we're talking about your, your grill grates or your smoker uh, grates or whatever it is, you know, that stuff gets cooked on there and it's hard. And some years ago, I think it was via targeted ad on Instagram, I discovered a product called Nap Made uh, 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 Chain Mail. And it's just a little like four by four chain mail that you can use for cleaning pans. You can use for cleaning your grill grates or whatever. Uh, you can throw it in the dishwasher if grease builds up on it and clean it all up. And it's just sturdy. It, it requires a little elbow grease, but the, the way that that chain mail moves over your, your dirty cooking tools and can really scrape that stuff off without, uh, without getting, destroyed, you know, like the way a, a, a metal scrubber would, you know, that, that steel wool is good for about two minutes and then it starts to fray and you sometimes get those little slivers in your hand. This always just stays together. The only thing that can defeat it is the garbage disposal. And, and even then it doesn't really <laughs> destroy it. It just breaks some of the bonds. So, uh, you know, make sure that no one in your family has uh, inadvertently dropped it into the garbage disposal before you turn on your, your disposal because uh, it will make a hell of a noise. And uh, like I said, it'll tear it up a little bit. Or a long sword. I mean, if we're going chain mail route, I mean. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the Game of Thrones reference here. <laughs> Yeah, and see, that's the thing. Like, uh, I think it's funny because we often get in a rut in our kitchen 
and we keep using the same things, even if they don't always work very well, because we're like, well, that's what I've got. So I'm going to use yeah. it. But it's fun to have somebody tell you, hey, wait, wait a minute. There's an easier way to do that. And it's not super expensive. I mean, these little chainmail things are like 15 bucks, right? Right. And it takes all the the you know all that time that you spend scrubbing the crap that's stuck to your cast iron pan. This just makes it easy. So make life easy on yourself. We've all got lots to do. We've got kids to take everywhere. We've got you know uh, uh, our better halves we have to deal with. We've got work. This just makes your life easier. So if you're gonna if you are going to cook like we cook on this show, and many of you do, then you know get one of these. It makes the cleanup so much easier. Because it's fun to cook. It sucks to clean. So make the cleanup as easy as possible on yourself. That's what I've always said. Yes. I'm also a big proponent of cleaning as I go. So that once I'm I'm full at the end of the meal, it's like, okay, I've already kind of dealt with a lot of the mess that I could while I was cooking. Amen to that. Amen to that. So once you've got all your cool tools and you've used them all on a nice uh, meal, you want a good drink. And this week, Rich has found one with perhaps... The coolest name for a drink ever. It's called the American Trilogy, um, which I just love. <laughs> it makes me think of book trilogies, movie trilogies. I just love this whole idea. So, uh, Rich, walk us through the American Trilogy. So, it seems to have been invented around 2006. There are a number of slight variations you'll find when you look online for the recipe. But uh, I think it's one of those things where people are just being overly persnickety. You know, you have to use this proof or you have to use this. So it's a simple cocktail. You take a Demerara brown, uh, Demerara sugar cube, or in my case, I had a brown sugar cube and I realized those are slightly different things. But Again, I, 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 I'm taking a stand against this persnickety cocktail world where it's like you have to have this and you have to have clear ice. So you take your sugar cube, dark, of some variety of dark sugar cube, three or four dashes of orange bitters, and you muddle that into a nice paste. Then you add one ounce of apple brandy and one ounce of rye whiskey. And that's where the trilogy comes in. You've got these three American products. And you give that a good stir. You drop in a large ice cube. You stir it a bit more to get your liquid down to temperature. Garnish with an orange peel and enjoy. And it's a great riff on the old-fashioned. And by adding the apple brandy, adding that apple flavor it turns it into a great fall beverage to enjoy as the temperatures are starting to cool. Yeah, I love this idea. And, and you know, I don't usually keep uh, Applejack in my bar, but uh, I was at my brother's house last year for Thanksgiving, and he always has this in his bar, always. And um, he was making a few drinks with it, and I was like, man, this is just awesome. This is a fun thing to play with. And this American Trilogy drink is a great way to highlight that because it it gives you the twist on the old-fashioned with uh, something that is a, a great American spirit that people always forget about. Yeah. And didn't I, I want to say George Washington actually made apple brandy I when think he that's was right. in the White yeah, House. I think, I think that's correct. <laughs> um, it's one of those uh, things that goes way, way, way back in America. So um, that's pretty cool. Um, I like this one quite a bit. So... There you go. You've got a great drink uh, that has some American history to it um, and also, you know, some cool new tools to play with in your kitchen. That's the way to do it, right, Rich? That's the way to do it. All right. Thanks, Rich. See you next week. Thank you, Brad.